0: are you pandering to Latinos what some would call his pandering well.
1: yeah I like that his pandering well I don't know why I came here tonight I got a feeling that something right I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair and I'm wondering how i get down the stairs clowns to the left me Oh, nothing but smart people to my right and left today. Welcome from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on 90.7 FM KPFK. In Los Angeles, up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cozy Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania, 93 FM WLRI. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, The Voice of Maui. Up in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe. Streaming on the Progressive Voices channel, NetRoots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation. Radio or not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and other fine affiliates, including Radio Sputnik. Five days a week, I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another thrilling, action-packed adventure, and... Another episode of the Bradcast covering yet another debate this week. Man, three of them in uh, in one week. Remember when we used to complain, Desi Doyne, that there weren't enough Democratic debates?
2: Yes, I call this the revenge of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yes, there you go. Two
1: in a week. You're right. I take back all of those complaints. Uh, Wednesday night was, in fact, the final democratic debate before next Tuesday's crucial election day in Ohio, Illinois, Missouri and Florida when uh, almost 8 uh, 700 almost 700 delegates will be up for grabs on a single night on the democratic side and the uh, Wednesday night debate was also the final scheduled debate between democrats at all at this point uh, between the the two democratic presidential hopefuls uh, while Hillary Clinton currently leads in the real delegate count by 260 de- uh, by 206 delegates, I say the real delegate count, not the fake super delegate counts. The uh, insiders who have yet to cast their vote, they won't cast their vote until uh, the uh, the convention this July. So she leads. Hillary Clinton does by 206 delegates. Uh, 2,382 are needed to win the nomination. So there are a lot of delegates up for grabs next Tuesday alone, as I say. And the debate came off of Bernie's surprise reported victory in Michigan on Tuesday. So there was a lot riding on the Wednesday night debate at Miami-Dade College in Florida. By the way, Thursday night's GOP debate will also take place in Miami. And yes, we will be covering that on the subsequent broadcast. Um, The Democratic debate last night was moderated by Univision's Jorge Ramos, Maria Elena Salinas, and The Washington Post's. Karen Tumulty, and we will try uh, try here to make sense of it all for you. Today, as ever, you heard her voice already. That was Desi Doyen. Hey. Uh, lots of talk about climate change. What? I know. In the middle of a presidential debate, that was inappropriate.
2: I know. It was really crazy to hear them say the words out loud yeah. and actually get the chance to talk about it being asked first without having to bring it up bring themselves it up as they have had to do in the past debates. Yeah,
1: it came up from both the candidates and even a question from the moderator I, yeah. Uh, so can you stop whining about it now?
2: <laughs> I doubt that. Oh, no, okay. of course right. not.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about it a little bit more, I suspect, in a bit. Also joining us to make sense of Wednesday night's. Democratic debate in Miami today. Jackie Schechner, longtime journalist, former CNN and current TV reporter. Boy, I'm glad you got out of there, Jackie, especially CNN. <laughs> CNN in particular. She also worked in D.C. as the National Communications Director for Health Care for America Now, the nation's largest health care reform campaign. Uh, and, uh, Jackie, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Welcome back to the broadcast. You're, you're a native Floridian, correct?
3: I am. I apologize now for Florida. No, Whatever no. happens in Florida, I'm really sorry. No, no.
1: <laughs> Before it even happens, you're apologizing. That's what you, well, that's what uh, the, the Florida has done to this country, I guess.
3: Yeah, I was born and raised <laughs> in Miami and I said I'd never go back and I went back twice. So oh. there's
1: something
3: magnetic down there and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well,
1: you got, you still, do, are you still family down there in Florida?
3: I do. I do. And I went down there and got my master's at the University of Miami, and ah. then I moved back there again uh, between my time in D.C. and here in L.A. I so got you. have I've been lured back on several occasions.
1: Have uh, Has everybody in your family already cast their early ballot for Donald Trump down there?
3: Uh Yeah, I know that there was some early voting not for
1: Trump. Oh, I see. Okay. (laughs) Also joining us today is uh, Joshua Holland. Glad to have him back, formerly of Alternet, currently a writing fellow with the investigative fund at The Nation Institute and host of the weekly politics and reality radio show, Joshua Holland. Welcome back, sir, to the broadcast. Thank you for having me, Brad. Uh, great to have you here. And, and uh, just to be fair, we're, uh, you're not from Florida, are you? Originally, I
4: spent a year living in Miami, and then I realized I was free to leave.
1: I see. <laughs> well done. Uh, all right. Before we get into uh, tonight, uh, well, uh, the Wednesday night debate proper, I want to get. Actually, we should go. We should do the quick uh, round the table here. Uh, Joshua Holland, are you working for or are you in the tank for any particular candidate, Republican or Democrat or anybody else?
4: Um, According to my readers, I am in the tank for multiple candidates. It depends on what I write each day, but beyond that, not really.
1: All right. And uh, Jackie Schechner, who are you shilling for today? Uh,
3: Not for anyone in particular. I tend to lean Sanders, Uh but I will support whoever the Democratic candidate happens to
1: be. All right. And uh, Desi Doyen? uh, Ditto
2: what Jackie said. Uh, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is, but, you know, I tend to lean Sanders right now.
1: Okay. Well, I don't lean uh, in any particular direction. I don't support any particular candidates. I support the voters, as everyone should know by now, because candidates have plenty of support, it seems to me, but the voters don't, so I'm on their side. Uh, That said, I certainly have opinions about what happened last night uh, and about what happened on Tuesday in Michigan. I talked about it on the show yesterday uh, quite a bit, but let me... uh, Let me get uh, some thoughts uh, before we get into the debate from uh, Josh Holland uh, in Michigan on Tuesday night, where Clinton was said to be ahead by about 20 points in a uh, a bevy of pre-election polls, like all of them. Uh, Bernie Sanders is said to have won by one and a half points in what some are calling one of the most stunning upsets in uh, U.S. presidential election history. Uh, actually, I want to get both of your thoughts on this, but uh, Joshua, wh- what do you attribute uh, Bernie Sanders' victory in Michigan to?
4: Well, I, you know, I would say his victory has a lot to do with his economic platform. It's obviously the case that trade is very salient in those Rust Belt states. The, the polling failure is really the story, in a sense, Um, I think Nate Silver said it was the biggest polling disaster, the biggest gap between final polls and results since 1984. So you're talking 30-plus years. You haven't seen that kind of um, wildly inaccurate set of polls coming out. A big part of this was that – and I have to say that the polls in this primary season have been bad in a number of races. This was just the the extreme of a trend that we've seen throughout the primaries – but um, it also has to do with Michigan. They threw. There was a big drama in 2008. They didn't have um, a, 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 the process in place mm-hmm. in 2008. And what pollsters do is that they use in the past in the in the results. primary.
1: You mean the 2008 primary? Uh, they primary a, exactly.
4: Right. And so pollsters use past results to figure out their likely voter screens to make up to figure out the, the likely makeup of the, the demographic makeup of the, the electorate. And they didn't have that to guide them. So uh, I, I wouldn't expect the same kind of just crazy, uh, crazy unpredictable results in the states that, you know, that are – didn't have that experience in two
1: thousand and eight well and and just to be clear the uh, the Republican polls in Michigan were pretty much dead on to the reported results on Tuesday night Uh, so you you uh, would attribute the the difference there Josh to the fact that uh, that that uh, 2008 primary was so weird where everybody pretty much pulled out because it was an unsanctioned primary from the Democratic Party and so forth that's right
4: and we'll see. I mean, you know, it was a, a very significant uh, victory for Sanders in terms of the changing the media narrative. Um, obviously, Hillary Clinton ended the night with more delegates coming out of, uh, of uh, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But I think that we'll see how significant it is when we get into similar states like, like uh, Ohio, uh, missouri illinois to a lesser degree that we're going to see if this is something that he can replicate if it was a one-off thing then just looking at the delegate math he's going to have a very uh he's going to continue to have a, an uphill uh battle to, to catch up with her you know that yeah. the democrats have no winner take all states so it's not like the republican side you can score a couple of huge delegate rich states and just like You know, add hundreds of delegates to your total. It doesn't work that way on the Democratic
1: side. Well, and yeah, and we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit, in a little bit more detail. But I want to note it is incumbent upon me to uh, say you had referred to the. Uh, To Nate Silver talking about the pre-election polls and how wrong they were. In fact, uh, those were carried out by a whole bunch of different outfits and they all came to the same conclusion and they were all either wrong or right. We don't know because, in fact, what we're doing is comparing them to... uh, Uh, The election results, as reported from Michigan, where they have paper ballots, but they don't bother to count them. They run them through computers, and those uh, computers are either right or wrong. But the fact is, nobody actually knows because no human beings actually bother to count those ballots. So we'll see what we learn in the days ahead. But Jackie, uh, very quickly, what would you attribute uh, Bernie Sanders' reported victory to in Michigan?
3: he was more popular in Michigan. I mean, it was an odd <laughs> question that came up in the debate last night, and they kept asking Hillary Clinton what went wrong for her. And it right. just seemed like such a strange question. You know, I used to cover sports, and there's 162 baseball games in the season, and the dumbest question people used to ask is, why did you lose? Like, sometimes you lose. And in this particular <laughs> case, he was the stronger candidate in that state. It's not that something went wrong for Clinton. It's something went right for Sanders. And I think the media narrative on that has been a little skewed, Uh, You know, as far as polling is concerned, and i just like to put this out there, I'm I'm never a big fan of polling only in that uh, I don't know how accurate it is. Are they using cell phones? Uh Are they only using landlines? I've never answered a poll. I don't know how many people. I don't know anybody who answers polls, Um, so I'm always a little bit skeptical of the polling statistics in general um, because I don't know that they necessarily represent the electorate, and especially Mm -hmm. if you've got younger voters who are coming out to support Sanders, they only have cell phones. Um, So you've got to have a good mix of technology in there if you're doing truly accurate polling uh, and you're getting all demographics engage so that's just my skepticism when it comes to polling in general
1: and I think you make a good point uh, particularly when it comes to the younger voters and uh, the cell phones and all uh, that said the fact that all of the different pollsters came out with essentially the same numbers showing the Bernie uh, I'm sorry that Hillary was going to win by you know 18 or 20 points uh, and the fact that the Republican polling from those very same uh, uh, pollsters, who appear to have gotten it so wrong in Michigan? That raises, uh, you know, a question in my mind, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, underscores the point that Josh made about, uh, you know, the, the difficulty they may have had sampling based on. Uh, what happened in 2008, and, and just not a good uh, idea of how to properly sample that race. We don't know. It's, it's all speculative.
3: Yeah, no, I, I would certainly would consider the demographics as well. I mean, yeah. I think your Republican voter is going to tend to be an older voter, uh, especially in Michigan. But uh, you don't know. I mean, it, it's not until we take a closer look at how they conducted this polling and uh, why there was such a discrepancy. But, you know, the bottom line is the longer Bernie Sanders stays in this, in this race, the better it is, to uh, to help push the party or to, to keep Hillary Clinton accountable and hopefully to push the party, uh, the party middle more to the left, uh, where I think a lot of people hope it, it lands. So the fact that he pulled out the win in Michigan, I think is a good thing.
1: And uh, by the way, since I, I need to follow FCC regulations here and mention the name of Donald Trump every seven or eight minutes, <laughs> uh, I just want to. Uh, but seriously, actually, I, I think that uh, he could be. And I know this runs counter to uh, uh, what a lot of uh, people in the media say, but uh, those people have been so unbelievably wrong since day one, unlike, I should add, This program, where we said uh, on day one when Trump got in that there seems to be little to stop him from winning the nomination back when everyone thought he was just a joke. I I think that he could be the most difficult for either of the potential Democratic candidates to beat. Uh, You know, I know the head to head polls, the ones that generally show Sanders doing better than Clinton against all of the uh, potential GOP nominees that they show otherwise. But I, I don't know if those polls adequately account for how good Trump is at this particular game and what the contest will look like once he turns his uh, enormous hands towards uh, either <laughs> Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders. Uh, let me get your, your thoughts real quick on that. Uh, Josh Holland, um, you know, a lot of Democrats are, are excited about the idea about going against Donald Trump. I'm not sure they're right about that.
4: You're asking me to make a prediction of Trump? It's a a rough thing to do. (laughs) My instinct is that Trump is going to make a poor general election candidate simply in the sense that he hasn't been vetted. He hasn't faced the kind of scrutiny that he will in a general election up until the debate before last. His Republican opponents were basically hitting him on not being conservative enough and his past support for um, single-payer health care, his his, you know, the few nice things he says about Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. his little heterodox issues. But the reality is that he has a very, very long history of sleazy deals and schemes and scams. And, you know, the um, Sam Stein reported for the Huffington Post the week before last that the other Republican campaigns hadn't even concluded uh, an opposition research uh project on Mm -hmm. him at that point. So he's going to face a lot of scrutiny and a lot of criticism that he hasn't faced yet. On the other hand, you know, who knows he is. He has a style, a brash style, and and he's an entertainer. He plays the media so well. I just don't know. I could see this going I could see it being a close race and I could see him getting blown out.
1: Let, let me play a, a bit from the debate last night where maybe we got a, a a preview of at least how Hillary Clinton, if she becomes a nominee, might go up against uh, Donald Trump. Uh, she was asked uh, right near the top about uh, Donald Trump and uh, is he a? Ra- I'm not even sure who which one of which one of them asked this question, but it uh, was asked about. Is Donald Trump a racist? Here's uh, how uh, this was. Karen Tumulty. Uh, how uh, here's how Hillary answered. Is
5: Donald Trump a racist? I was the first one to call him out. I called him out when he was calling Mexicans rapists, when he was engaging in rhetoric that I found deeply offensive. I said basta. His rhetoric, his demagoguery, his trafficking in prejudice and paranoia. Uh, has no place in our political system, especially from somebody running for president. You don't make America great by getting rid of everything that made America great.
1: Well, setting aside the uh, basta pandering there. Uh, Jackie Schechner, uh, she went on to call him un-American, uh, said she was going to use that, uh, you know, the, that she was not going to use the kind of language that Donald Trump uses. But can she adequately stand up against the barrage that Trump will unleash against her, undoubtedly? Or is, or, or is Bernie better uh, able to face that?
3: You know, I think they both have different challenges. First mm-hmm. of all, I mean, the Democrats are running on policy and Trump's running on personality. So there's a big distinction there, and I don't know yet how that's going to match up. I think it's dangerous to assume that Trump's going to go down because he's withstood scrutiny thus far. And, yeah, there's a lot in his background that hasn't gotten a lot of wide play, but the media is strangely hesitant to go after him uh, definitively. And I and I don't know why that is. I mean, there's reality and there's fantasy, and there there's, somehow oddly afraid to say to his face you're just flat out lying that's just not true and he's really good at the filibuster Mm. he's really good at not answering questions and contorting himself verbally to the point where the reporters just kind of give up because they can't seem to get through So I I wonder what will happen when Clinton or Sanders has to go head-to-head with him. Mm -hmm. I know she's going to face nothing but Benghazi and legality and emails and all of that good stuff, and I know that Trump's going to go after Sanders and say he's a communist. So I I think that the question will be how far will his reach go, Uh, how willing will his supporters be to listen to anything about him that they don't like, Um, And then what will the middle ground be? How many people aren't engaged right now that are going to get engaged come the general election? uh, And how much will that... Information about Trump actually matter, and I just don't know where we stand at this point.
1: Joshua Holland, any thoughts on who might do better against uh, uh, Donald Trump? Uh, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders? And and what you know, Trump will undoubtedly unleash against them.
4: Yes, uh, I think Hillary Clinton would do better. Um, political scientists tell us, you know, for what it's worth, tell us that you know there are there are candidates that fall outside the mainstream. They pay a penalty for that and if you have a main a perceived mainstream candidate going against a novelty candidate like donald trump you would expect that the fundamentals that favor the democratic party in national elections in terms of demographics um, their electoral college advantage would play a big role would kick in and give her a real structural advantage in that contest that bernie sanders would not have but I also want to point out that, you know, Trump has the highest negative ratings among the general public of any candidate in either party since Gallup started measuring that in 1992. He is winning a third of the votes among the Republican primary electorate, which is a particularly reactionary, particularly angry segment of society. (laughs) So you need to keep in mind that Mitt Romney won the 2012 primaries with 4.6% of adult voters. So Trump's popularity is easy to overstate when you're looking at this primary process and you say, oh, he won 48% in this state, he won seven percent in that state. He's winning 47% of the small number of people that go vote for Republicans in the primaries.
1: You are very. Op- I hope that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Jackie. I hope that
3: Joshua was. No, I was just going to say I hope <laughs> yeah. that Josh was right. Like more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I do. I do. I, I I hope he. I hope he's correct. What What I fear though is that there's this weird propaganda thing at play with Trump, and I, I think the fact that we don't know what to expect from mm-hmm. him in any given moment is dangerous for both candidates. And I think he's got this. She's a liar. Uh, she's been in Washington all this time, nothing's changed, how are we going to get anything done differently when it's the same old, could work well for him if he tones down the abusive and inflammatory rhetoric, which he may do. I don't know if he's capable, because I think he's a narcissistic sociopath, and I think he can't stop himself, Um, but I think if he is in some way capable of self-control, he could be more dangerous than we expect. Yeah. I'm, I'm on Team Joshua on this one, but I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about it. Well, I think Can that that's—oh, sorry, let sorry. me just jump
2: in really quick. I, yeah, I think you. that that is the issue, a uh, very critical issue, Jackie, is what is the media's uh, thumb on the scales going to do? How are they going p- to portray either one of these candidates? You know, they, they've uh, treated— trump with kid gloves essentially as far as his bonkers mm-hmm. ideas and they tend to constantly ask hillary gosh people don't trust you why are you so dishonest so with that kind of narrative i think that that is going to be the sort of big unknown factor that will affect everything well they going should forward.
1: they should be asking uh, hillary clinton about the trust factor i know that it sort of underscores uh, the point when they ask about it but that is a serious uh, deficiency that she has when you talk to the electorate as far as trust goes. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the media putting their thumb on the scale a little bit here, but uh, Josh, I know you wanted to g- uh, get in a quick response to Jackie.
4: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I, just, I, First of all, I think we should note that um, Ted Cruz is not out of this race. I, would, I, I think that most Democrats at this point would prefer to face Cruz than Trump. But you just need to think about this in terms of coalition politics, right? I believe that Trump has the potential to make... Inroads with you know white working class voters, but guess what? This is not a, a constituency that votes for Democrats anyway. Uh, Democrats from you know Kerry, from Bush, from um, from from Al Gore, they they don't they don't support Democrats in large numbers anyway. And you see the the Obama coalition. I think that they will turn out with a lot of enthusiasm. You talk about people of color younger people, urban liberals, they will they will be excited by a Trump, candidacy.
1: Well, uh, most importantly, we have uh, now fulfilled our FCC obligation in talking about Donald Trump. So <laughs> let me move on to uh, the, uh, the moderate. Wait, can
3: I just add one more? Oh,
1: see, I knew it. Program. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, no, Jay. Go no, ahead. and I
3: think this is important. <laughs> it is abundantly clear that he doesn't know what Common Core is. He doesn't know how our health care system works. He doesn't know how government operates. Like, there are some basics that he just doesn't understand Mm -hmm. so if the media would go so far as to just ask him what he thinks these things are right i think there would be a big exposure moment well they don't do that they don't that's that's the detail i'd like to see them get into it's not even deep detail it's a it's a very shallow dive it's just what do you think these things are? Because okay, I think but, that's
4: enough to expose
1: him. But see, that kind of underscores my point. If you are counting on the corporate media to help sort all of this out and to help make sense of what uh, Trump is saying and telling people, I, I think you may be hoping for something that n- may never be delivered. I, the, the continuing failure, I, I wanted to do, talk about the moderators. I thought, well, I thought that they were terrible. Last night in that debate, not so much necessarily, by the way, for their questions, but for their constant interruptions uh, rather than allowing the candidates to answer questions and to respond to each other. But one thing that we've been talking about on this program for the last couple of weeks that is frankly driving me nuts uh, is the way the media are putting their finger on the scale. And I'm not even going to suggest why, uh, why they are doing it. Uh, I couldn't tell you for whatever reason. Maybe it's just laziness. But the way they continue to misreport the actual delegate numbers, the fact of the matter is right now, Hillary Clinton has won seven hundred and forty eight delegates, uh, you know, voted on pledged delegates. Bernie Sanders has won five hundred and forty two. That's a two hundred over two hundred delegate difference. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's almost uh, eight almost seven hundred delegates up for grabs just next Tuesday alone. So there's a 206 vote, uh, 206 delegate difference, and yet they keep misreporting it by including the super delegates who are not committed uh, to any candidate. They have yet to vote. They won't vote until the summer. Here was Maria Alina Salinas doing this uh, again last night during the debate.
0: Senator, aside from your astounding upset last night in Michigan, you are still far behind Secretary Clinton
3: in delegate count she has 1221 delegates including super delegates and you have 571 what is your pathway to make up the deficit and can you realistically catch up
1: now that's more instead of a 200 de- uh, delegate difference that's a 500 mm-hmm. plus delegate difference and this drives me Absolutely crazy. At least uh, last night, she had the courtesy to mention that includes superdelegates, but many, including AP and Rachel Maddow the other night on her MSNBC show, they are not even noting that much. Uh, Jackie, am I wrong to be frustrated with the uh, corporate media for the way they're putting their thumb on the scale for whatever reason by including these non-pledged delegates in their their reported uh, uh, delegate totals?
3: No, I mean, I think it's dishonest and disingenuous and I think that people don't understand the difference between delegates and superdelegates. And I think that for whatever reason, I mean I I don't understand why. It doesn't seem to make sense to me if you're gonna compare apples to apples, do that. If you're gonna compare apples to oranges, you've got to explain why you're comparing apples to oranges. It just to me it seems irresponsible. But everything about that debate last night was a disaster. I mean it was <laughs> it was it was really I mean I tweeted it out, it was Bush League and I and it was like where has Univision been all this time the questions were redundant they were combative they were they were amateur hour on top of that they could have gotten a better translator the whole thing was just awkward to watch bernie sanders microphone was terrible yes and it's just it's it really i mean it, they they give their social media girl two microphones and they can't get the audio right on bernie <laughs> sanders one I, I
4: mean it was
1: I gotta get. I gotta get into a break, Josh. Uh, let me get your real quick thoughts on the super delegate question, and we'll go to a break and come back and get into some of the actual questions and the responses from the candidates.
4: Oh, it's been maddening. I've written about this. I, you know, it also represents a fundamental misunderstanding, I think, of how the superdelegates work. I did a piece. I spoke to David Carroll, who's a co-author of the Party Decides, kind of a expert on on how parties nominate their uh, candidates and the likelihood of the superdelegates going against the will of the Democratic primary voters is very, very low. So right. what this is doing is it's, it's creating paranoia. It's creating a sense that the DNC has the scales rigged, when I don't believe that that's actually something that would happen. You know, I can see Hillary Clinton coming in 20 short and, you know, going over the, the line with superdelegates. But if, if Bernie Sanders were to accrue more delegates, from the primaries and caucuses, I do not think that they would overturn the will of the Democratic electorate. And I'll just point out that I checked, I went back and looked, and they did this in 2008 as well. So it's not new to this campaign.
1: But it still ill-serves the electorate, and uh, those are the media that uh, Jackie Schechner is hoping will clarify mm-hmm. all of uh, uh, Donald Trump's glaring uh, uh, shortcomings. Uh, good luck with that. All right, I got <laughs> i got to take a quick break and we will be back with more Bradcast along with the Jackie Schechner and Joshua Holland and Desi Doyen. We'll get into exactly what it was that the Univision folks were asking about last night at the debate. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year round, like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to keep doing so, now more than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going, or even just a one-time only contribution.
5: This representation can't go unanswered here.
0: That is a horrific statement, an unfair statement.
5: That is something that. Uh, is not fair. What
0: the secretary is doing tonight is take large pieces of legislation and take pieces out of it. After
5: I a, have introduced... Excuse me, excuse me. Did you ask me to speak? After all, there is, there there is Are a they? lot of not legitimate concern.
0: the Secretary, would he asks me to speak? You know, you, I will match my record against yours any day of the week. <laughs>
1: Yes, it is the final countdown to uh, next Tuesday's huge election day in Ohio, Illinois, Missouri, Florida, with uh, almost 700 delegates up for grabs on the Democratic side. And it was the final scheduled debate between the uh, between the Democrats uh, last night in Miami, Florida, welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com here with my guests, journalists Jackie Schechner and Joshua Holland. Uh, Before, uh, well, let's get right into the debate here. Uh, Sanders was asked about his opposition to the ultimately failed uh, 2007 immigration bill that he said would result in guest workers living under slavery-like conditions. Sanders subsequently supported the 2013 version of the uh, of the bill, which Republicans wouldn't even allow to come up for a vote in the House. But Hillary Clinton was very critical of that 2007 vote by Bernie Sanders against that uh, immigration bill, and she charged that Sanders uh, w- took sides, took the side of the uh, the Minutemen militia. Uh, On the border, we'll we'll talk about that. I hope in a minute. But uh, then she was asked to commit to not deporting uh, immigrant children, and uh, I want to play her response and Bernie Sanders' response on this clip number three.
0: Can you promise tonight that you won't deport children? Could I get a yes or no answer?
5: Yes, you can, because the question you were asking me were about children seeking asylum. But if you're asking about everyone who's already here, undocumented immigrants, my priorities are to deport violent criminals, terrorists, and anyone who threatens our safety. So I do not have the same policy as the current administration does. Stop the raids, stop the roundups.
0: But again, yes or no, can, can you promise tonight that you won't deport children, children who are already here?
5: I, I will not deport children. I would not
0: deport children. So you're telling us tonight that if you become president, you won't deport children who are already here. I will not. And that you won't deport immigrants who don't have a criminal
1: record.
5: That's what that's what I'm telling you.
1: So a pretty unequivocal response from Hillary Clinton on that ultimately. And Bernie Sanders was also asked the same uh, the same question.
0: Senator Sanders, would you, can you promise us tonight that you won't deport children? Let me just say this: I think the proof may be in the pudding. Uh, Honduras and that region of the world may be the most violent region in our hemisphere. Children fled that part of the world. Secretary Clinton did not support those children coming into this country. I did. So to answer your question, no, I will not deport children uh, from the United States of America. And can you promise not to deport immigrants who don't have a criminal record? I can make that promise. Okay.
1: Uh, Joshua Holland, legal or not, uh, do those hard positions promising to not deport immigrant children and non-criminal undocumented uh, uh, immigrants, does that help them in the primary but ultimately come back to haunt them in the general election? Or are we at the point that those positions actually help them even in a general election, Josh?
4: I think those positions help them in a general election insofar as the people who are uh, who will be outraged by that are not likely to vote for Democrats anyway. On the other hand, you know there's been a net increase of two hundred thousand Hispanics who are seeking citizenship before november before the November election. They're so outraged about the rhetoric coming from Republicans. If you turn out the Democratic coalition in great numbers, you win. We, we understand this from the past couple of cycles. Uh, this is the changing demographic face of the United States. It was a big deal uh, to state it unequivocally. They laid down a marker that they can be held to, and it was also a sign that both candidates wanted to distance themselves from Obama, who has been known as the deporter-in-chief.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and actually... Uh, Bernie Sanders could have used that against Hillary Clinton because she's been saying that, you know, he's not standing with the president and she's going up against him, talking about stopping up the roundups and the raids. That's a direct shot, it seems to me, at the Obama administration. Um, Jackie Schechner. Well, let me play this clip and then I'll I'll get your thoughts, uh, Jackie um, this is. I, I had mentioned the uh, Minutemen militia and that Hillary mm-hmm. took a shot at Bernie Sanders. Let, let's let's play this.
5: In 2006, Senator Sanders supported indefinite detention for people facing deportation yes. and stood with the Minutemen vigilantes in their ridiculous, absurd efforts to quote hunt down immigrants. So-
0: Did you support the Minutemen? Secretary <laughs> of course not. What the Secretary is doing tonight, and has done very often, is take large pieces of legislation and take pieces out of it. No, I did not oppose the bailout of the automobile industry. No, I do not support vigilantes, and that is a horrific statement, an unfair statement. Madam Secretary, I will match my record against yours any day of the week.
1: That was uh, Bernie responding to that claim that uh, he supported Minutemen militia. I don't know if you guys, uh, Jackie, uh, if you guys got to look up what that was about.
3: I don't know what the details are of that specific legislation, but I I do think it's important um, that it's true that our legislation now has so many details snuck in Mm -hmm. that you can't pass anything clean anymore. And so... There are times, I think, where members of Congress make a choice to vote for or against something because of the extras that are added on, and then you turn around and you say they supported or or rejected an entire bill under the assumption that it was a clean bill. Well, and in so this case,
1: I, in this case, it actually was. This was a standalone. This was an amendment. It was uh, added to another bill, but it was a specific amendment. And Bernie Sanders actually did vote in favor of this. It was not in support of the Minutemen militia, as uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, described it Uh, this was a a, a small amendment nobody could even remember what it was uh, following the debate last night everybody went scrambling and uh, BuzzFeed actually has a good report from Evan McMorris uh, Santoro on it what it was was an amendment that would have uh, barred the Department of Homeland Security from providing a foreign government With information relating to the activities of an organized volunteer civilian action group, this would be the Minutemen, uh, operating in California, Texas, New Mexico, or Arizona, because what it was was uh, he reports that there was some some set of documents published on the Mexican Secretary of State's website indicating that U.S. Border Patrol would notify them when militiamen were involved in the apprehension of immigrants, but... Uh, It wasn't like they were giving a warning in advance. This was after an apprehension. They would let Mexico know, et cetera. And of course, the Republicans turned it around uh, to to mean that the uh, DHS was notifying Mexico where the Minutemen were before, you know, beforehand. But in fact, the Minutemen were actually publishing where they were going to be on the border beforehand. So it was kind of a nothing amendment. Uh, and some Democrats just went along with it. It seems, you know, to say yes, fine. We'll accept it so that we can get on to the main bill. That's what it actually was. Now with that long preamble, Jackie, I try mm-hmm. to be I try to be fair here. I don't have a candidate in this fight, but I really find that kind of stuff coming from a Democrat in this case, Hillary Clinton claiming that, uh, Sanders was supporting Minutemen, that he uh, opposed the auto bailout the other night in Michigan, uh, that he was holding up the uh, President Obama's clean power plan, which he said last night. Maybe we'll get to that in a minute. But I find that kind of thing to be reprehensible. That's a Fox News Republican type of tactic. I think it's beneath a Democratic candidate. Uh, do you agree with me? Should that not be? Ben- I know politics ain't, hard bo- uh, ain't beanbag, but... That's really GOP kind of uh, stuff, and, and Hillary Clinton was using it a whole lot last night and in the earlier debate on uh, on Sunday.
3: Yeah, that's the stuff I don't like about her. That's the stuff that happened against Obama uh, in two thousand eight that I didn't like. I mean, it just it starts to get to be dirty politics, and it starts to nitpick at details. Uh, that you can't counter in 30 second sound bites. I mean, just your explanation alone, like, yeah. that would have taken too much time for the moderator. So, yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I mean, that to me is the stuff that, I mean, look, the distinction is you've got the Republicans who want to big build a big giant wall and send everybody back to wherever they came from and not let anybody else into this country, and you've got the Democrats where the moderator is asking them to pinky swear promise that they're never sending anybody home. I mean, there is such a wide gap between the two parties that to nitpick these kinds of details uh, does seem like uh, it seems unnecessary and it seems like continuing to draw the distinction between where each of the parties stands on issues like immigration is much more effective than trying to Tear each other down on such minutiae uh, that it's not going to matter, and it, I and I that's the stuff about her I don't like. It that's just people seems say the first female candidate, and I say, yeah, but I don't know if it's this female because that's the stuff that I'm not into.
1: It just seems really sleazy. Josh Holland, is it dirty pool or is that just uh, hey, it's politics, baby?
4: Well, I would say it's a self inflicted wound. I think that this blows back on her. Uh, we saw that with the very very sketchy attack on the auto bailout. Um, Mm -hmm. You're seeing a lot of stories today criticizing her for these attacks. And if you're on social media, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, it's easy to think that this is a very divided party and everybody likes their candidate and hates the other candidate. The polls show something very different, right? Both of these candidates are broadly popular with the Democratic base. So when she does these kinds of attacks, I think she's hurting herself. And, and, And she's creating... News stories the following day that are not flattering for her or her campaign. They make her look like a typical politician. The things, the thing that that people don't like about politicians. And let me just add one more point. The more interesting tidbit is the um, the argument about the guest worker program because this was comprehensive immigration reform is often portrayed in the media as some sort of progressive. Policy, a progressive measure. what it is is it's a perfect centrist compromise. It's got a ton of right wing claptrap with some things that are very attractive to progressives. that's a path to citizenship, reducing backlogs, et cetera. And the guest worker program was terrible. It was terrible. and the the it is an interesting question. how much do you swallow? in order to get something very, very good. Mm -hmm. So Clinton's argument was that, hey, look, we wouldn't have this undocumented population today if we had passed that bill back then. I think that that's, that's a much more interesting conversation to get into. How much are you willing to accept in terms of these compromises to get something that you want? The guest worker bill, the guest worker provision was awful.
1: Uh, Desi, Doyen, I know you want to get in on this, but let me uh, let me double this up here by playing another instance where uh, Hillary Clinton seemed to take one of these just inappropriate shots. And uh, so uh, this is uh, clip ten. Let me play this out, and then you can explain to me, Des, uh, what it is that she's actually uh, talking about. This concerns uh, climate change.
3: Secretary Clinton, can you do this without a bipartisan consensus? No major environmental legislation is ever passed without bipartisan votes. It is a
5: really serious one and there isn't much time left. This is clearly man-made and man-aggravated and there are certain things that the president has done through executive action. The Clean Power Plan is something that Senator Sanders has said he would delay implementing, which makes absolutely no sense. We need to implement all of the president's (laughs) executive actions and quickly move to make a bridge from coal to natural gas to clean energy. That is the way we will keep the lights on while we are transitioning uh, to a clean energy future. Look at rising insurance rates. Most of the property in Florida will be at risk in the next 50 years. I think I can get a bipartisan consensus on resilience until we frankly win back enough seats, take back the Senate.
0: Uh, Let's be clear, you're looking at the senator who introduced the most comprehensive climate change legislation in the history of the United States Senate. I hope that Secretary Clinton would join me if we are serious about climate change, about imposing a tax on carbon and making massive investments in energy efficiency. I hope you'll join me in ending fracking in the United States.
1: So good news Desi Joyan a lot of climate change finally made an appearance in a presidential uh, debate but uh, so explain to me first if you could Des Uh, what of Sanders' claim that he introduced the most comprehensive plan uh, to take on climate change? A, is that true? And B, what is Clinton referring to when she says that Sanders wanted to delay the Clean Power Plan? Do you have any idea?
2: Yes. Okay, so what Sanders was doing was he said that he would change the Clean Power Plan, because right now it incentivizes a switch from coal to natural gas. Natural gas is cleaner, but it still has lots of emissions. He would change the plan, the Clean Power Plan, which would be an EPA administered program to incentivize renewables, solar and wind, et cetera. And so to do that, however, he would have to withdraw the plan and start over again, essentially, and that would, in essence, delay it. And that's what she's referring to. So it's kind of a disingenuous way of putting it. He never said I will dis. I will delay it. He said I want to make it better. I want to improve on it. There are ways to do that without withdrawing it and starting over.
1: Not unlike when she said that uh, h- h- that uh, Bernie Sanders wanted to kill the uh, kill Health Obamacare, care. right? Kill the Affordable exactly. Care I was actually just gonna. Yeah. Say, I was actually
3: gonna say that. It sounds exactly the same as the argument. It is. Uh, that, that she makes about the Affordable Care Act, that he wants to dismantle it. And what he says is, no, I was a big supporter of it. I think we need to take it farther and make it better. And I want to get a single payer and we have to keep it in place while we do that. So it sounds very similar. It's the same tax she's taking there. Yeah,
2: and, and, and notice that the question itself was actually about bipartisanship in Congress. Can you get something through this current Congress that we have? And Clinton said, hey, I think I can do this by starting with resilience, which is, you know, infrastructure that, uh, you know, works against flooding in Florida, for example, whereas what Sanders has done in the Senate is truly comprehensive. I mean, he wants to introduce a carbon tax. That's an economy wide change. So it's the difference Mm -hmm. between a a, a, more practical, doable things versus, you know, the kind of transformation that we actually need.
1: Josh Holland, she did the same thing uh, concerning the Koch brothers where she pointed. And again, I don't I'm not trying to support him here. But this is a tactic she's using, and I am frankly offended by it because I don't think it's accurate. She said that uh, the Koch brothers are now putting out a video supporting Bernie Sanders uh, and that this should somehow be used against Bernie Sanders. I don't think anyone has targeted the Koch (laughs) brothers more often and more loudly than Bernie Sanders.
4: You know, the, the most beautiful thing in the debate is that when she breaks these things out, Bernie Sanders' reaction—he gives a genuine "What you talking about?" Willis (laughs) face. It's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know what they're talking about. What she was talking about with the Koch brothers—I genuinely didn't get that reference. Um, I just want to add that I think that one of the worst bits of moderation was that they let um, they let the debate continue without uh, Hillary Clinton responding to sanders asking her if she would join him in supporting a carbon tax my understanding is that a carbon tax is the single most effective um, legislative tool uh, that 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 we can impose Uh, you know Mm -hmm. this is this is incredibly important stuff you have a debate in miami that's sinking into the ocean and they Mm -hmm. just kind of moved on with the debate, and it was incredibly frustrating to me.
1: It was. Uh, and uh, not to frustrate you more, but we've got to move on to a break here. Uh, by the way, the, the Koch brothers ad had to do with the Export-Import Bank, as I understand. And, and basically,
2: it's the same thing. She's pulling out something that that, uh, that, that uh, Sanders did oppose, and he opposed for very specific reasons, but she's pulling it out and making it sound like he's in cahoots with them, which he is not.
1: Okay. I uh, Yeah. And I guess that's... That's what she does. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our our final segment with uh, journalist Joshua Holland and Jackie Schechner here on the broadcast covering the Wednesday night final debate, maybe ever, uh, between Bernie uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. Don't touch that dial.
5: No state probably understands this better than Florida, because let's remember three words. Bush versus Gore. A court took away a presidency. Now we've got the Republican Congress trying to take away the Constitution, and we should not tolerate that. So
2: let's say. Let's say.
1: It might have been the last dance between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. We don't know in uh, Wednesday night in Miami as they had their last scheduled debate, uh, not just before next week's big elections in Ohio and Illinois and Missouri and Florida but and North Carolina, but also uh, their last scheduled debate, period. Okay, there was one point that I wanted to get to. Um, Joshua Holland and uh, Jackie Schechner that I wanted to get to after the Sunday Democratic debate concerning the transcripts between Ber- uh, that the release of the transcripts that Bernie Sanders is calling for from Hillary Clinton uh, of her speeches that she was paid, I don't know, uh, 150,000 to give to Goldman Sachs and, and other uh uh, big banks and so forth. She refuses to release those for some reason. Here once again was Bernie Sanders last night uh, calling on, on her to release those transcripts publicly.
0: When you got paid $225,000, that means that that speech must have been an extraordinarily wonderful speech. I would think that a speech so great that you got paid so much money for you would like to share it with the American people. So I didn't give any speeches. There is no transcript.
1: Yeah, on Sunday, Hillary Clinton had asked, uh, she said, well, I will release uh, the transcripts when everybody releases them. And Bernie Sanders says, well, mine are released. I don't have any. Uh, Joshua Holland, what is in those transcripts? And does this hurt her to not just release the damn transcripts?
4: <laughs> well, uh, Brad, I don't know what's in the transcripts. I, I would <laughs> imagine that it would be both um, banal and also have some you know some sentences that you could take out of context and paint her as uh being complimentary of wall street or or blaming the financial crisis on the wrong people i don't know what's in there i can say that you know over the years you, you get kind of jaded about these things you start to say well this is no this is a kind of a nothing burger but the stories that gain traction are always the ones that confirm something that is already believed about a candidate. Uh, this is a story that's going to keep dogging her because a good chunk of the uh, Democratic base sees her as too close to Wall Street, as too comfortable hobnobbing with titans of finance, with big money. That narrative is already set, and that's why this is going to continue to be a problem for her. Uh, at least, at least. For the, during the primaries
1: she's dessert, she, well, and I think Donald Trump will say the same thing release those transcripts she's apparently determined that they will hurt her enough that she has refused to uh, release them is that a mistake Jackie Schechner should she just release them and, and take the hit now
3: yeah I mean I would say from a communication strategy perspective I don't get it I mean I, there must be something in there that's questionable uh, otherwise you put them out there and you get it over with I mean this is perpetuating something. If, if it's nothing, then you're making it a bigger deal than it needs to be. And if it's something, then let's get it done now. So at least it's been vetted. I mean, it's like the Benghazi question last night. If she's going to get it in the general, you might as well practice it now. Uh, yeah. it, it seems to me like this isn't going to go away, and it certainly would make sense uh, if, in fact, she didn't have anything to hide, put it out there, get it over with, and move on.
1: All right. Well, let me ask you, uh, since we are, oh man, we are really out of time. So let me ask an exit question here that is uh, similarly impossible for anyone to answer. Uh, So you are welcome to completely make up that answer as if you were on CNN. Uh, While Wednesday nights... While Wednesday night's debate was the last scheduled debate between uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, will it actually be the last one, or is this thing going to go on for a while? Jackie Schechner, you first.
3: Oh, I have no idea. You know what, if there's money to be made, they'll schedule more debates. It's going to come down to whether or not... It gets to be a real contest, and they can make some money off of it.
1: You're supposed to just make stuff up, like it's CNN. Joshua Holland, uh, is, is, will there be another debate? Is this the bigger question, I guess? Is this contest going to go on for a while, or will it be over as of next Tuesday?
4: Well, my CNN pundit answer is mm-hmm. that it will depend on what happens next Tuesday. If, <laughs> you know, if, if Hillary Clinton does very well on Tuesday and widens that gap significantly, it would not be in her interest to continue debating.
1: Desi Doyen, I'm, uh, do you want to answer that? Yeah, one? Yeah, no,
2: actually, I think I think Josh makes an excellent point. You know that it's not in her interest to keep going because she keeps stepping in these these patties that she keeps creating for yeah, herself. But
1: if if Bernie Sanders does well, actually, if he pulls another Michigan in Ohio and Illinois, then she's not going to have a choice.
2: Yeah, there you go. I and, you know, so and I think the question for people is, you know, they fear that Hillary is not going to she's going to switch when she gets into office or that. And the, the question is, will Sanders be able to deliver if he gets into office? And that, I think, is what a future debate could help people answer.
1: My thanks to uh, Jackie Schechner. Uh, you can check you, you can and should follow her on the Twitters at Jackie Schechner. That's easy. And to Joshua Holland from The Nation and uh, Politics and Reality Radio show which you should look up and listen to via itunes you can find him on the twitters at joshua hall h-o-l hey thanks to both you guys my Pleasure. pleasure All right, we're going to, uh, we will be back with you uh, next time uh, covering, well, man, tonight's Republican debate. Yes, there's one more of those, too. At least one more of those. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it at bradblog.com or at iTunes. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, and, of course, to Jackie Schechner and Joshua Holland. You can find and follow me on the Facebooks and the Twitters. I am the BradBlog. Until we meet again... I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.